0: I'm Casey. Huh? I'm I'm Casey.
1: Uh, sorry, I'm I'm texting my boyfriend Bill. Oh, okay. Um I mean, did you did you hear he dumped his dumb old wife so he could give me 100 billion dollars?
0: <laughs> oh, really?
1: I, you, didn't, uh, I didn't know Have you know. been
0: following the Bill Gates, Melinda Gates divorce? Oh my god, I had I thought you were just doing a random bit. I no! <laughs> <laughs> I did hear that they are getting a divorce. Um, not, I don't know why. <laughs> but, they, I don't know why either, but Bill Gates Chris. could could be back on Tinder. We don't know. He's going to get you know. 100 and billion honestly, dollars.
1: You wouldn't go you wouldn't go gay for 100 billion. Uh, maybe. I mean, it's not like it's not like one hundred million, right? Like quantify that, you know? Yeah, a hundred million at least times another hundred 100, 100 million.
0: billion yeah. I I try, I've been on the spend Bill Gates' money website. God, you can't do it. <laughs> you can't. You, you literally, no matter how hard you try, you could
1: not spend all that fucking. Money. He
0: literally. Uh, I figured out you can buy the entirety of the NFL, like the or the NBA or one of them. Anyway, one of them has like thirty six teams. Or thirty-two teams. You can buy all thirty-two teams, and you would still have a gargantuan amount of money left. Dude,
1: people like to say Bill Gates is a philanthropist. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's a decent guy. But Bill Gates is another whiny billionaire. Like whenever yeah. AOC's like tax plan was being introduced, Bill Gates was like, "How is that fair? I have ninety-seven billion dollars, and it would leave me with seven billion for my for my wealth." What what's a man to do? It's like $7 billion. <laughs> billion. Can you
0: spend that in a lifetime? For, it, like for his wealth, though. For like his just, wealth. The, that's not even counting like his, like, you know, like I, I assume he means $7 billion for himself. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, it's
1: great that you give away so much money to foundations. Right. What kind of undermines that fact is you make that back in like, a, day. A month. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, even if you donate half your wealth, you're going to regenerate it. Yeah. Like Bill Gates, like, don't get the homie wrong. During the COVID pandemic, he's getting just as rich as everyone else. Mm-hmm. I mean, Microsoft Teams, like, swooped in there. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. somehow Microsoft Teams has also overtaken Skype, which is so funny. Remember <laughs> Skype? Yes. <laughs> I remember Skype. God, talk about. Talk about blowing a lead. I mean, my God. Zoom, where did you even come (laughs) from?
0: We all use that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Oh, God. But, um, yeah, hopefully, maybe he can donate to the podcast.
1: Dude, that would be great. I mean, once once I secure this bag and and, right. and, and get him in the palm of my hand. I exactly. Mean, we've got unlimited podcast money. We've got a
0: studio. Yeah. We've got um, buy a whole building in LA, and we'll call it the Mind Over Movies headquarters. We could get two mics we could get for the two show. Mics. Exactly. Maybe even a third if we're feeling ambitious. That's what Bill Gates money does, bro. <laughs> <it. laughs> That's the next. That's the next thing I'm gonna be uh, in. And in, investing for us, uh, I'm gonna start a, a crowdfunding for Mind Over Movies to get a second mic. <laughs> so take- maybe I'm not that creative. But what would you even spend? Like, if you had
1: access to that much money, like, what's the first thing you think of buying? Like seven billion or like ninety-seven. Billion. Not like any amount of Bill Gates's money. What's the first thing you think about buying?
0: I would. I would buy. Uh, shit. I don't know. Like. I'd buy a drum set, like a really good electric drum set, put in my house. Um, those are like a couple thousand for a really good one, and then I would probably I'd buy a camera or I'd buy camera equipment to there go, go shoot movies. By golly! Yeah, but I mean, shit. That's only like maybe you know fifty thousand for really good equipment altogether. Like you still have a million left. <laughs>
1: billions and billions left even like i'm not even that creative yeah the first thing i thought was gaming computer and then i was like what am i doing after i get that gaming computer exactly (laughs) like
0: what do you what do you do with the money after you get what you get like it's just like i guess i
1: put it in savings and use it for rent but then also i guess i don't really have to work another day in my life (laughs) right i just get depressed thinking about it it's like what is my life now that i have 97 billion dollars you know what do i even do Speaking of doing stuff, did you, did you do some stuff? Did you see some
0: shit? This actually, I'm glad we're talking about getting an insane amount of wealth because it actually ties into something I was going to talk about today with like (gasps) movies and TV shows. Whoa. So, um, this is going to be a long, this is going to be like a long, uh, path to get where I need to get, but I need to ask some questions and talk about a couple things first. Okay. Are you familiar with, uh, USA's, uh, procedural television shows? They had like a golden age. Of procedural
1: shows. Okay, so I know that there are a couple that I need to see. The main one is like Monk, which has been recommended to me for like ever and yes. I just haven't watched. Is that on mm-hmm. something? It's or, on Amazon Prime. Okay, I'm looking for a show right yeah, now. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm kinda I'm flirting with some stuff. Yeah, so
0: that the, that needs to be the one. That needs probably. to be the one, probably, yeah. Okay. So um for those of you who don't know, I was gonna talk about monk today. Monk <laughs> Is I didn't even know that was the I know one. Okay. <laughs> monk is one of my favorite television shows of all time like probably just one of the, the thing that makes me the happiest in this world is monk and, and Tony Shaloub as monk um but it's a for those of you that don't know it's a U, uh, USA the TV sh- uh, channel they had a bunch of like there was a golden age from like oh it started with monk in o2 and all the way to like 2010. They had all these shows like Psych, Burn Notice, um, oh, no. and Monk was one of them, uh, and there was another really good one that uh, everybody talks about. can't remember the name. Either way, those are just some of the handful of shows they had. Well, I'd re- recently started re-watching Monk. And, like, Monk is, like, a master class in acting. Okay? He's nominated for 18 uh, primetime Emmy Awards. What? And it won eight of them. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. And there was actually a funny thing that happened where Tony Shalhoub uh, won the Emmy for out, Best Outstanding Actor in, like, a television mm-hmm. show. And uh, he told he like made a joke to all the other nominees. He's like, "Don't worry guys, there's next year. And he was the only one to get nominated again next year <gasps> out of that entire group. Oh so poor people. <laughs> yeah, so it's a great show. It's a, a awesome detective uh, show, but I was watching it and it made me think about other TV shows. And it also ties into, like, I was looking at, like, thought experiments the other day. Uh, you know, there's the, the famous, like, essay, I guess, or, or the thought experiment that we are probably in a simulation, mm. right? And I was thinking of, like, TV shows. If you think about, especially, it's really sitcoms, right? If you look at sitcoms and something happens, like, for example, in Monk, he solves a case. uh and at the end, one of the characters ends up uh, winning the lottery. He, like, had won the lottery, and that's why somebody had tried to kill him. Uh, and he the lottery was, like, $435 million. And as a thank you to uh, Monk and his caretaker or his assistant, Sharona, uh, which is always stated that Sharona is always in financial, like, crisis. That's why they, like, don't take jobs for free anymore, she mentions in one of the episodes. And they get paid, you know, to do the jobs and stuff. And he gives her an envelope and he says, just a little thank you for helping me out. And I'm like, holy shit. You know, he probably just gave her like $500,000 or a million dollars. That could like change her position in the show financially. And when she opens it, she's like, $400? Like, are you kidding me? She's like, we saved his life. And it's like a really funny moment. But then I thought about that. In other TV shows, whenever there's a chance for a character to win a massive amount of wealth to win like a new house or, or, or their house like is, uh, burns down and they need to get a new one. They're this close to winning a mansion, something that changes their lives Hmm. and could alter, you know, the course, like the show like tells them, no, like the writers will ride it out. And as a kid to me, that was so fucking infuriating, but then obviously it would, it would change like, how they would do the show. Like, it was like, oh, well, we got to remember that this character's rich now. You know, what would they do? But at the same time, I'm like, it reminds me of like, we're in a simulation because I pulled out of Dogecoin at 34 cents. Now it's up to 69 cents. Uh. That's something that could have helped me out financially. And now oh, man. it's slipped away from me like a fucking writer in writer's room is just laughing his ass off right now. Yeah. Like, anyway, it's just a lot of thoughts going through my head about that. Um, I don't know, what's your take?
1: (laughs) Okay, well, so first thing is, I I used you as a little broker for Dogecoin, so (laughs) I think I was the one who texted you, I was like, it's up to 69 cents now, we're we're a bunch of silly idiots. Idiots. Um, You invested very
0: early, you were like 10 cents? No, I invested at 4 cents. Like, back you, in Okay, January. you are straight up. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I'm an idiot. No, I'm kidding. But you probably made
1: decent money. No, I, I made anyway. a decent money, yeah. yeah. I could, it could it's have me. doubled, though. It's me that invested at, like, 30 cents. And, yeah. And then, you know, it climbed up to, like, 46, and we didn't pull out. And then it went to, like, 34, and you were like, hey, it looks like it's crashing. And yeah. it did crash. It did. For a week. And then Elon Musk is set to host SNL. SNL now, yeah. Which, that in itself seems like such a silly simulation thing um like what <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know but um i guess there i feel your frustration but also i have got to ask is monk serialized or is it episodic like whenever the new episode starts do they just kind of ignore the last one
0: so no they they don't ignore it so like i think it's t- it's called a procedural show mm-hmm. i think it fits in between episodic and serial, right? So it acknowledges everything that's ever happened in the show, yet it's not like a show like The Boys where each episode it's like, yeah. one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like every episode is a new case. Gotcha. And the through line with it is, you know, Monk's wife uh, was murdered and that's the only case he can't solve. That's why he's, like, you know, he's got these disorders and everything. It's heightened by his wife's death. So it's not, like, heavily serialized. No. But there's, like, storylines that probably like yeah. crop up again. Characters come and reappear and stuff like that. And I, so, I, I guess
1: that's standard fare for procedural yeah. dramas. Mm-hmm. I, I do I do find that, I, I guess, most of the shows that are dramatic that I like to mm-hmm. watch are, for the most part, uh, serialized because I, I like whenever events flow yeah. into each other. And I, I also just like the idea... That mm-hmm. if you start at episode one, you will be rewarded for watching every consecutive right. episode. You you can have episodes, like, in Breaking Bad, like, I, I think of, like, season four of that season where, like, you just started off with, like, Jesse being, like, miserable yeah. for four episodes and, like, guilt-ridden and not really doing anything. And it's that's not something you can do in episodic mm-hmm. television, like, you know... Like, he would maybe, like, kill someone in one episode, and then in the next episode, he'd be like, gee, golly, it sure does feel great to, c- to cook meth, Mr. White." <laughs> yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> <Cursed>, Breaking Bad <laughs> image right there. <laughs> okay. Gee, <G-Gawley>.
0: golly. <laughs> uh, but but yes, th- I know what you're saying. say. <laughs> Also, I, I do feel
1: um, like we are living in a simulation too. Though jumping off of that through television, um, do you watch a lot of reality TV?
0: I watch Gordon Ramsay's
1: shows. Okay, so that, that kind of falls into yeah. it because I mean, obviously, like heavily produced, they yeah. under the guise of like reality. Right. There's a show that I lo- I don't watch a lot of reality TV. But there's a show I love on Netflix so much. It's The Circle. Have you ever seen it? Okay,
0: people have been talking about this. It's become mm. like a meme in recent days, hasn't it?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I haven't seen too many memes about it, but uh, like it, it is immensely popular. Yeah, you know? everybody's making tweets about it. Like, you yeah. know. But like the the thing is like I love that show, and it's weird because I think like it feels more genuine than other reality shows. And I think it's, like, a big part of that is, like, they don't have, like, those confessional things where, like, it's mm-hmm. like, I totally felt like Samantha was playing me, you know? Oh, but right, that kind of yeah. happens naturally in the show. Like, they must be prepped a ton before they go in because people will receive a message and then do something that, like, people in real life don't do when they're texting. They monologue about the text that they just received to themselves. So they'll, like, get a message that'll be, like, Hey, girl, what's going on? And the circle players will be like, oh, my God. He is totally trying to kiss my butt right now. He's playing the game. He's being strategic as hell. Said, hey, girl, what's up? I got to really think about my response for this. (laughs) Like, there's so much drama. Like, over the course of the show, not a lot happens. Like, only, like, five people get sent home over the course of a season. Mm -hmm. And, like five people stay and then in between like eliminations and and stuff like that there's not a lot going on like they participate in games which that whole idea is so silly to me because they can't see each other you know they're they're all in their own rooms socially distanced they they have no idea what people look like which is one of the gimmicks of the show or what they sound like but yet they're doing these challenges where they have to like make the best pancake or like yeah they'll text each other and be like push-up challenge, guys? Even though they can't see each other. You know, like, what? (laughs) I need to watch the show. I had no idea what it was about. So I think it's fascinating, though, because, like, part of me is like, there's no way that's real. But then the other part of me is like, some of the shit they're doing on the show is so dumb that it has to be
0: real right. you know
1: like people just can't make this stuff up like I can't believe that someone would propose to do like a push up challenge over like text you know yeah. like you don't even know that other guys are doing a push up challenge and sure enough in the show like only one of the guys actually does any fucking push ups and then the rest are like yeah I just did 20 <laughs> You know, yeah, um, but like, how is that a thing in this world? Like, who sits there and comes up with these ideas? These like post-apocalyptic, like postmodern ideas, where p- someone can win a hundred thousand dollars from being on a show like that? Like, what?
0: Yeah. What's up with that? How I do we know. get to this? It's like so. It's it's weird. It's like with with like money and every um. Sh- the thing about the thing about the government or the simulation, you know, whichever theory you believe, whether mm-hmm. it's the, the government controlling everything or we're just in a simulation. take Joe Rogan. I know, down. right? <laughs> um, is the game, like, shows like that where, like, people, like, offer you a massive, a massive amount of wealth. Like, okay, it's like... Um, we have this job lined up for you, uh, but you're lifting, you know, eighty-five pound uh, barrels of like, I don't know, toxic waste uh, for ten hours a day. But it pays thirty dollars an hour. So like in a month, you know, you're gonna have a shit ton of money. Or they can offer you two hundred thousand dollars to come on this game show and make the most perfect pancake, you know, in a room mm-hmm. where you can't see. Like that's so absurd that people would be like, you know what? I can do that. I yeah. can fucking do that no, and I, I can be rich. <laughs> like, that's the thing. You watch the show, you think, I would be so good exactly. at that show. Exactly. Everybody thinks that though. It's like, I'd be so good at that. And it's like, that's that's the dream that they're selling you. That's the pipe mm-hmm. dream. Of, you know. I guess
1: that's most American reality exactly. television that's, or like yeah. the shows that are widely watched, like Wipeout. Yeah. I remember thinking like, I could do those balls like <laughs> no one else. Yeah, you know? exactly. and, I think, and I realized that that's not just me. I used to think I was so unique for thinking that I could go on Wipeout. But literally everyone, I guess, <laughs> everyone. just thought they were athletic enough to be on Wipeout. Yeah, because
0: you you're like, that's not that hard. And I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's like you see somebody. It's like, oh, I can do that. And you try to do it. And it turns out to be harder than you do. It's the same thing with reality shows, um, especially game shows. Mm-hmm. Game shows are the biggest thing because that's probably the closest we have to reality TV show because nobody's really acting in a game show. Um, they're just contestants. Uh, although I will say, Family Feud has me worried a little bit. Some of those families on there, they have to be acting. But yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. It's like
1: I, I think that's why it's so immensely popular. Is like yeah. the idea. This is going to sound so pretentious, <laughs> but the idea of the American dream in society, like as we know it, is dead. Yeah. So we look to game shows. Where the most popular ones in America are ones where if you work hard enough, like, on mm-hmm. the show or, like, before you go on the show, like, like something like Jeopardy even, mm-hmm. where if you study, like, everything and, like, go yeah. on the show, you can win a vast amount of money and change your life and become a self-starter. Exactly. And, like, the thing is, in our society... Most of the people that watch these shows are like on their lazy boys and like, yeah. God, why didn't life turn out good for me? But look, they're they're achieving their dreams. Therefore, yeah. I feel the American dream is alive, and that's that's crazy that yeah. this is the way the dream is continued. Mm-hmm. You know, like in this very niche, yeah. like Ellen's like game, <laughs> game <laughs> yeah. of games, right, or, right, or fucking the chase, or, yeah, or whatever. That's it. <sighs> it is. A, capitalism thing it's a cultural thing because even look at like great british bake-off like compare every american cooking show to that like on those shows you have like 30 minutes to make something and then you compete someone gets eliminated and you win like a hundred thousand or like ten thousand dollars by the end of it great british bake-off they're just in the competition to like you know have the title of being the best in the the british (laughs) bake-off you know
0: that that actually brings up a good point that um Donna was telling me, she saw, it was a TikTok of all things, that somebody mm-hmm. was like, you will, we always say, we always, uh, America always takes British shows and remakes them in America. It's mm-hmm. like, why doesn't other people do that with America? And it's like, because think about, you know, the UK or Canada remaking Breaking Bad. It's like, well, you have cancer, but don't worry. Our amazing healthcare system yeah. is going to take care of you. And I thought about that and I was like, oh my God, that's so true. Most of the great dramatic television and movies that we have here in America are exact products of our capitalist economy and our society. Like, of course the UK wouldn't remake Breaking Bad. Like, they have no fucking reason to. Like, over there, that probably seems fucking absurd, watching Breaking Bad here, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it's kind of crazy. And so it's the same thing with these uh, game shows, the competition shows. Because I mean,
1: Wipeout in Britain, Total Wipeout, is now made into the American Wipeout, as we know it. I mean, also there's Takashi's castle, mm-hmm. which becomes the the backbone of like American Gladiator, Dragons and Den, and Shark Tank yeah. as
0: well. God, it's
1: just like we 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 appropriate and we and we make it fit into our yeah. culture. But that's the funny thing is that we can't do that with all nato- like mm-hmm. with all shows. Like British comedies are some of like the most remade shows that don't do too well actually when they get to the states. I mean. Obviously, there's very famous successes like, like The Office, Office. You know, yeah. that's probably like one of the only times that like an American show has remade a British television show, and not only succeeded, but now is probably more recognizable in its American uh, yeah. format than the original show. But there's so many like British television shows that are remade in America. They mm-hmm. air for like one season and they're canceled, and they're canceled because they're, yeah. there's something like oddly like. American cynicism I guess it's like in Britain it's like I don't want to say it's too light because I mean the shows can also be really dark humor Mm -hmm. you know but like it's something like when it comes to America it's this need to Americanize it that often kills the show like dead in its tracks like that culture can't be captured in an Mm -hmm. American like eye and it's not like with reality television where everything's like so fake there's no culture in it anyway it's just like it's so easy to appropriate it but like comedy you know comedy can only affect like people who get the joke and if you make if you take a british joke and you're trying to make it american i mean oftentimes it just looks like a poorly translated joke in the end and i think that's where the office's success came in is they they tried to copy the British show for like one episode, the pilot of the office is like one of the worst reviewed episodes of the show because it's a shot for shot remake of the original British pilot. Um, And then from the second episode on, they stopped, you know, they were just like, okay, we're going to talk about the American workplace issues that relate to us like race. Mm -hmm. And that's how they appropriate it. It's not a remake as much as it is a a reimagining of those ideas. And I think, I don't know, that's just interesting. I didn't, yeah. I didn't have a grander point there. It's just right. like, we appropriate so much, but a lot of yeah. times it doesn't work.
0: You know? Yeah, I, I think I, I did that with the show, um, it was a show called Rake. It used to be, I think it was, uh, it used to be a British television mm. show, and they remade it, and it only got one season, uh, here in America. And uh, it was like about a lawyer, he was like a really scummy dude, and... Uh, I don't know. It was I was watching it for a while because I was just into TV shows. It wasn't particularly good, but I just know that there was some translation issues there because, like, it the idea of it seemed fi- fine enough. It's sort of like you know, like House. Mm-hmm. Okay, that Sherlock Holmes. Exactly. Well, Rake is like the lawyer equivalent of House. He's like a cynical, you know. Anyway, it just but yeah, like you said, just reimagining. The Office was a reimagining and not necessarily a, a full-on by-the-books adaptation or re remake, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Interesting. Oh, dude, I'm about to hit you with one of the
1: smoothest transitions. You want to talk about a reimagining. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, it's time to hate on the rise of Skywalker, bitches.
1: Okay, um you know Joseph Campbell's the hero's, the hero's Journey?
0: I'm a writer. I have I to mean, know of about it. Yeah, of course. of
1: course. I mean, a lot of people are taught it in this modern idea of it. You know, there's like the eight different stages. That's not how Joseph Campbell originally wrote it. He had 17. The version of The Hero's Journey we know is George Lucas' version of The Hero's Journey that he condensed for Star Wars. And the crazy thing is, Star Wars is pretty much... Like a, a, a straight off the page, like ripoff of Hero's Journey right. while also modernizing it for people because there's a lot of silly ideas in there. Like, yeah. Joseph Campbell argues, like, oh, women can't go through the Hero's Journey like men can. Like, excuse me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. we, we got weird about like sex. You're, you're saying all stories have the same structure, but then you're like, mm, but women. <laughs> <laughs> but right. women. But women. Um. And then also, you know, there's the casual racism and, and all the right. other worrisome bits about the 40s. But I was watching this really good video essay about Knights of the Old Republic, um, the game. Yes, Kotor. One into Kotor. Uh, and it's by this guy, Noah Caldwell Gervais. And it was this really fascinating video about, like, how the monomyth is just, like, the reason we have hegemony in our culture. Like, why all of our, like, dramatic like and very popular material is all the same is we all use this formula the right. the hero's journey was made as a critique that there's so much hegemony there's so much like parallels in stories and it like definitely over generalized but then now the ironic thing is that it's been copied and pasted into mm-hmm. like the most popular media of all time right and it, and it might be fair to say that star wars might be the most popular media of all
0: time yeah yeah at least one of them. Or it's it, actually no. It is probably the most popular. All of it.
1: And no matter what iteration yeah. of Star Wars you get, I mean, yeah. it's it's bound to be wildly successful. I mean, except for Solo. <laughs> True. Solo. Me. I think Solo is the only one that's really tanked up the box office. Though I think every, every yeah no, yeah Star everything Wars else has at that. least made their money back. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, and and then a shitload shit on top load. of yeah, that. exactly. And I'm sure Solo had like merchandise that did okay. I don't know. Yeah. It's it, it's it's a black sheep in the franchise. It is. But I was thinking a lot about this idea of the monomyth and about the hero's journey because Kennedy and I finished Rise of Skywalker uh, ironically on May 4th. So, it was like hey. a way to celebrate Star Wars Day. And the the emptiness of that movie and the in the contradictions in it that I've been sitting with them all week. Like I've been thinking there are a lot of story beats in that movie that, like, would clarify, you know, a um, a satisfying ending. Like, a character arc has occurred there. Like, there is a ton of shit going on in that movie. Like, Rise of Skywalker does not suffer from, like, lack of effort. Mm-hmm. I, and I think what I realized, though, this week after watching this video essay is that why Rise of Skywalker is so weird and, like... Oddly paced and, and frustrating is that the hero's journey has been re-implemented into Star Wars when it had been torn down in yes. just the last movie. Right. Because I I told you we watched Last Jedi and we hadn't yeah. we hadn't talked about it yet. But I think that these movies are perfect companion pieces because one of them is the champion of the hero's journey, mm-hmm. the Star Wars formula as we know it, and and George Lucas's idea of it. And I think the other one. It comes from an equally loving place for Star Wars, um, but it's something that says, like, the hero's journey isn't uh, a guiding principle to everything. Like, you yeah. can escape that journey. It turns out that it's a journey that has a bunch of overgeneralizations, and it doesn't really think about what comes after it. Like, even in Greek myth, you know, once, once like, Odysseus returns home from his, like, 17-year-long trip, like, what happens after like, yeah. he's in his 40s. He has, like, a long life left to live. What happens? And what a lot of writers have presumed in, in these m- myths is that, well, the the idea of the mythical hero falls apart, and you you have a human left. I think... Uh, sorry, I'm rambling a lot. No, so that's okay. Feel, feel free listening. to come in. But with Odysseus, you know, he returns home, he kills all the people that want to fuck his wife, and he's like, <laughs> son to telegonus or telemachus i can't remember his son's name (laughs) i think he has two yeah um he's like dude i'm back and you know the story is a happy ending but then what happens immediately after that myth the son's like i don't even know you dude i'm like a grown-ass man and you've been like at war or on the sea all my life what the hell are you doing yeah and also you just killed all of these people like stone cold and and I read this really great book this year, um, Circe by Madeline Miller and she reimagines like a lot of Greek mythology. And her version of Odysseus really reminded me of Luke Skywalker because he goes like fucking senile
0: yeah. after
1: he returns home. Like he he doubts everyone in his life, you know. Like the, the, the fact that his wife got so close to suitors while he was gone for so long, like the fact that he wasn't there to protect her, he's paranoid that everyone's scheming against him. And then one day, his son, his other son that he doesn't know about, comes to visit him to tell him, like, Hey, I'm your son. I love you. Let's live a happy life together. And what gets him killed is that he's he's so angry and overcome with paranoia that he attacks his son as soon as he gets there. And he won't listen to reason, and he's accidentally stabbed by this blade that, like, kills people instantly. And he Eventually. dies. And, he, and he's undone by his own thing. But I was just thinking... Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi is that mythological figure. Right. You know, because he goes through the hero's journey mm-hmm. in the original trilogy and it's brilliant. You know, like mm-hmm. that, that's a solid story yeah. right there. Yeah. But the fact is, what the fuck happens after? Exactly. You've got Luke Skywalker in his 20s. He's risen to the most powerful position. He is our new Greek hero. Right. So, like, what does he do? And okay, so he makes a Jedi Order, but the Jedi Order fails again, like he is a character filled with so much hubris that he's like, I will succeed where no other Jedi has succeeded before. It's like total act of pride yeah. to think that the Jedi Order would go better than it did the last time. Yeah, yeah. And then when it doesn't, what does he do? He, he exiles himself and he throws a fit. And I think it's a perfectly reasonable way to go with that character mm-hmm. like why would he still be stoic he's like well my my star pupil killed everyone and i i founded a dead order so i'm really actually ecstatic to see you ray like i can't wait to train you because yeah. clearly that's a really cool thing to happen he's knocked down a peg in that moment he's no longer myth he's human mm-hmm. and the hero's journey has been you know circumvented it's like yeah well fuck he he did the lap he did the whole lap yeah. and he's right back at the start again right like, oh no yeah and I think that's why people hate last Jedi so much is like oh definitely especially with Luke it's like this guy is a mythical figure why is he why is he being rude to her or like why yeah. is he not taking up the sword to go fight the empire and it's like
0: reason through this for a second why yeah. why should he yeah you know Yeah, it's it's a very good point. It's probably the the thing that jarred me the most about watching the Last Jedi. Like when I first watched it, was he just takes the fucking lightsaber and just throws it behind his back, and I was like, well, we waited you know a year to see that, and then like watching the rest of the movie, just seeing how uh, disgruntled and senile he had become, it's like. It's like when somebody tells you, it's like, okay, at the end of the you're like, what the fuck happens next? Hollywood's answer to that question has always been make a sequel, mm-hmm. unless it's a movie where the character is like, has a, a definite end, like he's either dead or he sacrifices himself, something like that. Their answer always is to make a sequel, but with Star Wars setting out to make a sequel, they're like, okay, well, we'll just restart his hero's journey. I guess is what I, I don't know what JJ had planned. I mean, that's that's kind of what
1: Force Awakens seems like though, exactly because Luke Skywalker. I mean, to probably a lesser extent than Ryan Johnson took it, he is in exile, you know, that yeah. that thing remains like he's at square one again. Mm-hmm. But I think what JJ Abrams has planned is like, okay, he's gonna be the wise mentor and start Ray's heroes, right. journey And at the same time, go on a bit of his own, exactly. And so, it's upsetting. To the, to the viewer, because we've seen this whole show before. We've seen Obi-Wan right. do this. We've seen Yoda do we, this yeah. with Luke. Yeah. You know? Like, when Luke gets to Dagobah, Yoda plays hard to get at first. Mm-hmm. But what changes is that he stops playing hard to get. He's like, oh, okay. Train you, I will. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, of course, like, that arc completes, and Yoda becomes the wise master we used to know him as. And, right. and, and then dies in Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. and Luke is better off for having met him. So, do you think, like, it, it is maybe that that fact that Luke never has that change of heart with Rey, but it's more like an internal thing? Like, he's no wise mentor. He's, like, right. the opposite of Obi-Wan, you know? Well, He's, he's yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> like... Don't go fight the empire, you fucking yeah. idiot! Like the Jedi, <laughs> the Jedi has always been a stupid idea, yeah. and they have failed hundreds of times. And I'm the most recent example. Like mm-hmm. I thought I could be better, and I failed too. So let me just save you some pain, kid.
0: Don't do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think what it is 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 it's just like um, what you learn in like okay, so like every screenwriting class I've ever been in, every time the hero's journey is mentioned there's, it's not an audible, like, groan, but you just feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, and I feel it. I'm like, God, it's such an overused, overplayed out. It's literally, it's it's the formula for the last two centuries. It's not the formula for now. If you look about what's in a postmodern, mm-hmm. you know, society within entertainment, nobody wants to fucking go by that anymore. So what Ryan Johnson is is, and I believe this is in your notes, he's like a liberal, you know? Yeah, yeah. J.J. is the traditionalist. Ryan is the, is the you know, kind of push the progressive. He didn't want to write a movie in the Hero's Journey for, uh, outline. That's right. why The Last Jedi is so different, and that's what pisses all the fans off because, because they know the formula and they know what's supposed to happen. Even I did, watching The Force Awakens, thinking about in the second one, I'm like, okay... I may not know all the questions that they proposed in this movie, but I don't know what's gonna happen because it's the hero's journey. Where I, mm-hmm. I, I recognize this, I understand it. And everybody does. You don't have to be a writer to fucking point out what you're seeing. Like that's why the fans were so pissed. because they subconsciously knew what this prequel trilogy did and what the original trilogy did. And the sequel trilogy, Ryan Johnson said, no, not doing it this time. Yeah. I'm not going by that. Which it's fine, but you know, it pissed a lot of people off. When but yeah,
1: I think and what I think is like people always say like, oh, he's just subverting expectations yeah. for the sake of like, I actually think like, that's a really challenging position to take. And I don't think he's just trying to subvert expectations. Mm-hmm. I think that when he was faced with the with the script and the story of Force Awakens, he was like, OK, let's get jazzy with it. You know, yeah. he's playing improv with J.J. Yeah. Abrams and. Let me tell you, J.J., uh, Ryan Johnson is a pretty good improv partner because he's like, yes, and. But Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it came came across as being disrespectful and rude and saying no. Like, the fact that Luke has his arms stretched out like that. Like, Mm -hmm. J.J. Abrams clearly shot that. Like, oh, Luke's going to say some wise-ass, dope-ass shit. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the most bothersome things about... Um, Last Jedi to me is when you see shots that we previously saw in Force Awakens, they look completely different. They they look like... And not in a good way, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not like a, oh, this looks different and because it's a new director, it looks like... A lot of the times it looks cheaper. Like when Luke has his hand stretched out to Ray in Last Jedi before he takes the lightsaber mm-hmm. and chucks it. Like, I don't know, that shit looks weird. <laughs> like, yeah. If, like if you just came out of Force Awakens too, it's mm. like... What happened to like the epic like drone shot? And I yeah. guess it just establishes very early on, like, oh, we're we're not doing that that epic tone yeah. shit no more. We're we're telling a human story. And I and I guess maybe that's where the big divergence comes in is if you want Star Wars to be about your great mythological figures mm-hmm. or about your humans. Um I think where that also carries is Rey. Like I I think that Rey started out as like you know this mysterious like deity in JJ Abrams's like first movie is she's very powerful you mm-hmm. don't know the source of her power and he's definitely got this mystery box where he's got the ultimate parent reveal yeah. it's going to be like some great lineage like maybe she's a Kenobi mm-hmm. who knows but then you know you open that mystery box and you're like Well, shit, you know, no answer could really be all that satisfying because the most satisfying answer to this question was in the original trilogy. Luke opened the mystery box and Darth Vader was his fucking father. And that was the most amazing reveal ever. So why would you even try? And Ryan Johnson is like, I'm not going to try. We've done the whole father revealed thing. And so that's what I think I love about Last Jedi is even though the execution isn't always the best, that the the moments that are strong to me are all the ones involving Rey because Mm -hmm. she's taken from this typical deity, Luke Skywalker mirror character and put into this human role. Like, she's like, who am I? Do I have worth without being a deity? And it's like an examination of the hero's journey because she's like, I'm not following the steps and Mm -hmm. therefore I don't know if I have any inherent value. And by the end of the movie, hopefully you're like, well, even though her parents are nobodies, which is the most devastating answer she could have heard at that point, just like Luke hearing Darth Vader was his father yeah, was the, the most, most devastating yeah. answer. Like if Kylo Ren had been like, "Oh, bro, you're my sister," Han Solo and Leia are your parents, she would have been like, "That is cool as fuck," and yeah. that wouldn't have been very satisfying. No. Well, it wouldn't have been very dramatic. Right. So what Ryan Johnson does is he raises the stakes, and he's like her worst fears are true in this moment. That she's no one. That mm-hmm. she doesn't have a lineage. And it's interesting because he sets it up from there. It's like, how will that affect her? Let's find out in the next movie. And he kind of... And he raises his own hand with lightsaber in hand to J.J. <laughs> yeah. to, to Abrams. And, I mean, he does the same thing with Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren, I think, is, like, the most telegraphed um, Darth Vader clone of all time. Like... I like his role in Force Awakens. Like I think he's a Definitely. very sophisticated villain, and I think that he's a much better version of Anakin Skywalker. Definitely, what George Lucas was trying to go for. Mm-hmm. But the the problem is that he, from Force Awakens, he's telegraphed to have a redemption arc, to be a second hand man to the Emperor figure being Snoke, and so that's what I really like about Last Jedi is that. We just do away with the Emperor figure. Like, yeah. They're like, who's Snoke? Doesn't fucking matter. Because he's just filling a role to drive the story into the hero's journey again. Mm-hmm. Because we want Kylo Ren to have a very obvious redemption arc. And he says, no, Kylo Ren in this moment is going to defy the story beat you know. Mm-hmm. Because after he kills Snoke, what do you expect? You expect him to be like, okay, Ray We're pals now, because that's what happened with Darth Vader. He threw the Emperor down a fucking Death Star shaft and was like, I love you, son. (laughs) Right. So that's even more dramatic, too. It's like, if Kylo Ren had redeemed himself in that moment, Mm -hmm. what are the fucking stakes anymore? Yeah. You know? Like, the series has no villain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so instead he decides to become the villain of the story right. in that moment. And, and that's what makes it so great is that before that moment, he's been like a half villain, an anti-hero at best. Like you're not sure if he's committed or has any convictions. And then boom, Kylo Ren is born. Ben Solo is dead. And he doesn't need the stupid fucking helmet. Mm-hmm. You know, he's yeah. he's villainous enough. He's And he's his own person. Mm-hmm. I think Last Jedi is brilliant because it releases this sequel trilogy from being enslaved to the original trilogy. Like, okay. finally, the bonds are cut, and it's its own thing. Yeah. In comes Rides of God.
0: Right. That's, its whole
1: purpose is to become enslaved to the original trilogy again. Yeah. Like,
0: from the opening text, the dead speak, Emperor Palpatine is back. Most annoying opening crawl in any Star Wars movie ever is Rise of Skywalkers. Mm-hmm.
1: And what's so frustrating is we're back to square one on the fucking hero's journey, and we try and, uh, you know, junk, junk, I don't know the word that I'm looking for. Okay. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, we try to fit it into one movie, we try to cram it all in. Yeah. It, like the whole yeah. cycle.
0: And it's, it's sloppy like it, as hell. It's like it just stopped halfway through. Mm-hmm. For Ryan Johnson and JG's like, wait, 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 wait. And he's like pushing it with all his force to get it, you know, yeah. to the end in one movie.
1: And so, like, you, you have, like, that opening scene where you don't even know where the fuck Kylo Ren is. And he's just, like, Swing within
0: some Ewok-looking yeah. fuckers. Yeah.
1: And within three minutes, he's on Exegol. And yeah. who 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 else but Emperor Palpatine? And what's that he's got in the tank? It's it's Snoke clones. Yeah. You know? God. And, 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 Snoke. and
0: to top it off, it, it's a MacGuffin movie. Oh It's a McGuffin movie. You've gotta find the wayfinder. <laughs> <laughs> to to quote Hitchcock, the MacGuffin is the thing on the screen that the characters have to get that the audience doesn't give a shit about. There's there's the the worst way, you know, to end a, a trilogy or to take back the the metaphorical lightsaber that Johnson has handed off to him is that we've been using. Mm-hmm. It's the worst way, it, it's, you know. It's the toss. It's the toss. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like how
1: Luke Skywalker just throws it over his head. JJ Abrams went, "What you got there, Ryan?" And he was like, "Oh, actually, I got the third movie right lined right, up for you. Here and you then, go." Here go. go. <laughs> <laughs> I. It's so infuriating.
0: Yeah. Like
1: it's just like so efficient at undoing everything so quickly and like j.j abrams has come out and said like oh i respect ryan johnson so much i love the last jedi i think it's such a strong script i love rose but the movie speaks for itself the story Mm -hmm. structure speaks for itself and the most infuriating thing is it comes from a place of love like this is what j.j abrams really does think is best for star wars I think when he saw the fan reaction to Last Jedi, he went okay, this is my baby I gotta shepherd it back to back to where it needs to be which is the hero's journey, which is the arc of the original trilogy condensed into one movie and so you have a lot of like weird like elements of new hope brought back in because you know what Ryan Johnson did is he kind of rearranged the trilogy. Mm -hmm. We went from A New Hope to Return of the Jedi yeah like that that was what fucking last jedi is it's, it's it's a parallel to return of the jedi and then it's interesting because where do you go from return of the jedi you yeah. know and how jj abrams says it is it's like oh you go from return of the jedi to new hope that will lead back into return of the jedi territory yeah. he we basically watched the same movie yeah. arc that we saw last movie
0: We just skip The Empire Strikes Back.
1: (laughs) We skip The Empire Strikes Back, and we skip Last Jedi. Because what happens in Last Jedi, the Emperor figure is killed. Kylo Ren devotes himself to one side of the Force. Rey devotes herself to a side of the Force as well. And then the movie ends. What happens in this movie? No longer the Emperor figure, but the Emperor himself comes back out of nowhere, out out of his ass. And then he brings a bunch of Star Destroyers that happen to blow up planets out of his ass you know they just rise from the ground yeah. in the that's the worst sequence yeah. of all time by the way yeah no I there's hate no that. absolutely no logic in any of it and we just we just run the movies and empire strikes back is in there a little bit cuz we start with the MacGuffin territory you know it's like the death star plans except now we have to find them and it's not death star plans it's the map to Exegol or the wayfinder Mm -hmm. to Exegol, whatever the bullshit is. Yeah, yeah, I don't Um, remember. And then you have Empire Strikes Back territory in there because she goes to the ship. Kylo Ren tells her an answer that she would feel uncomfortable hearing about her parents. But it's weird because you just saw this beat last movie. It's like Kylo Ren's like, you're nobody. And then he's like, I told you you were nobody last time we talked, but I was withholding some details from. <laughs> <her>. <laughs> they yeah. kind of made themselves nobodies because they're actually Palpatine's son. That he also pulled out of his ass yes. while he was yeah. on the <laughs> Yeah, where, <laughs> where was it when he was had, when he had like microwaved face? Yeah, did someone say I want to fuck that. <laughs> like, when did this guy? get laid yeah yeah (laughs) that's a more interesting star wars movie then it
0: was right before samuel jackson uh caused him to to decay his uh his caused his face to decay Mm -hmm. in revenge of the sith so technically ray should be a little bit older yeah than she actually is looks in the movie you know if
1: that's maybe sun palpatine like waited till he was like 50 before he had kids yeah. or something. I don't know. But
0: the, 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 the thing is, they, they can't even answer the question of like... See, it, it still doesn't work. Okay, What yeah. you said with, with in the original trilogy, it the the worst thing that Luke could hear is that Darth Vader was related to him. In fact, mm-hmm. it's his fucking dad. Okay, that's the worst and it's thing a he future hear. version of himself if he's not careful. Exactly. You know, he's confronted with, this is what I could be. Exactly. Ray, the same way in, in The Last Jedi... Is and in a way, Ryan Johnson kind of gives a female character even more agency by her mm-hmm. not needing to be related to anybody in power. Her yeah. just being special on her own. Either way, worst thing she could hear is that she is nobody and that she could fade, you know, into oblivion and become nothing. Okay, mm-hmm. with what JJ does in Rise of Skywalker, it doesn't do any of that. It it, it doesn't. Yes, it could potentially scare her if she is. Uh, direct lineage of one of the most evil people in the galaxy, but it's her fucking grandpa like how much how much like pull and how much weight does your grandfather hold over you? but like in an average person's life, like you know it doesn't it just doesn't it's a it's such a fucking stretch. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's like, why does that shock you so much? Like, it's your grandfather, it's not like your parents, and you've just been told that your parents were actually pretty decent people, all in all, despite being related to Palpatine, and you're, like, freaking out. But also, what's wrong with this reveal is this is someone that she has never personally had any experiences with. The name Palpatine is just one that she's heard in stories, you know? It's like, oh... Well, that's the guy who is the emperor who the heroes beat last iteration, Great. I don't know him. I don't fucking get what he's about. He just seems bad. And so, yeah, it's like hearing that. It's like if I told you you're related to Hitler. Like, you'd be like, oh, my God. Hitler is terrible. But why should you feel, I don't know, like, why should you feel guilt for being alive at that point? Because you're so disconnected from Hitler. You've never met Hitler. You've never been influenced by Hitler's teachings. It's like, (laughs) this is a pretty extreme comparison, but I I mean, mean, that is what Palpatine essentially is. It's Space Hitler. Yeah. And it's like, well, shit, Palpatine's my grandpa. What does it fucking matter? You know? I don't know the guy. I've never been a Palpatine, and I've never struggled with that part of my identity before. Yeah, And it's so half-assed. Like, the the force lightning that makes you think that she's killed Chewbacca, she's just like, oh, I lost control. I I don't know what happened back
0: there. I killed Chewie. Chewie's fine. You know as what is as a Force it? Lightning is a as a, a Palpatine centric power. Like is I mean, it Force like Lightning?
1: Every Sith. It every seems.
0: Sith can use it, right? Mm-hmm. Or that's is it, that's what
1: it seems like. I yeah. mean, and it seems like the only reason Darth Vader couldn't is because he was handless. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. He's just a machine at that right. point. Um, but yeah, like it's it's not a very good answer to that no. question, and there's just like a lot of stuff in that movie that's just like let's revert back to something that won't be very satisfying to hear. Like Kylo Ren, you know what what does he do? Fresh off of the last movie, he's finally gained his own agency as well, and he's chosen to be bad. So what what does he do? He instantly submits to the Emperor's will. Builds his helmet because he actually likes it. Like undoes one of the best scenes in Last Jedi. Like I don't care if you're a hater. Mm-hmm. Like him smashing that helmet in the elevator yeah. and like being like, ah, oh, I'm done with that shit. Yeah. so dope and also great character growth and just undone for the weirdest reasons. He's just he. I don't even know if they list the reason in the movie why he's remaking it. You know. No. Like, what well, compelled him?
0: Yeah. Also, I'll raise you. I'll raise you one. Oh my god! Something that Ryan Johnson set up that I don't remember ever being really fully explained either or built upon in the Rise of Skywalker is Ray and uh, Kylo's connection, that force connection that they have, where mm-hmm. they can see each other. Like, it, what the fuck was that? That's something that Ryan was like, hey, like. Look at this. I did this. What are you going to do about it? And JJ said nothing. Absolutely well, he, nothing. He
1: explores it. He doesn't do anything story-wise with it, but he does like make action set pieces out of it. You know, there's the right. part where kylo's down on the planet and she's up in his room and he's like where are you and then they fight a little bit and he's like oh my god darth vader's helmet i know where she is <laughs> yeah but like <laughs> or like passing passing off the lightsaber to him at the end mm-hmm. you know which that's kind of a cool sequence it's like, right Man. but that's all ryan johnson ideas
0: right? yeah well it's all ryan johnson but it's never, um, it's, never f- it's never built on in a meaningful way mm-hmm. it's meant as glamour and, and yeah. for action set pieces Whereas JJ, or I mean whereas Ryan used it in a, a way when they were to convey story beats when they were mm-hmm. talking to each other. And you're like, whoa, what like what the fuck? Like it's so cool. And then JJ's like, wouldn't you be cool if maybe he was on the other side of the cave and he handed her a lightsaber? Yes, that's fucking cool. But it's not that cool if you don't yeah. do anything else with
1: it, you know? Yeah. Like and I mean in Last Jedi, there was some, like, real intrigue in there. They're mm-hmm. like, what is happening? And then yeah. you do get an answer. It's like, oh, I was bridging your minds together. It's me, Snoke. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, yeah. you literally thought you guys were so cool. But, like, <laughs> I, I literally did everything. You're welcome. And you guys are both horny, by the way. You need to address that. So what I, I like that part of Last Jedi, actually. Like, Snoke is a cool villain. And regardless of whether he dies or not, that doesn't invalidate his whole existence, you know? No, yeah. Like, he serves, a, he serves a purpose, and he has a pretty dope arc before he goes out. Like, you see him in the first movie, you think he's huge. you like, what's this guy up to? You see him again, yeah. and he's, like, in a bathrobe, and you're like, Psh, lame. And then he just is, like, dragging people around. Like, he doesn't get up from the fucking chair. When no, Ray yeah. comes to confront him, it's just like... Whoosh. Yeah. And then he, like bashes her head with like a lightsaber like it's so dope and like of course like that's the emperor in a nutshell is like he just sat in his chair the whole time and didn't do anything and what did that lead to i mean it led to his death so why are we surprised at all when you know snoke is doing the same thing and he's killed like really he didn't see that like You guys think that's not a satisfying way to end that character? Like, someone who clearly has flaws and, like, a a misconstrued sense of logic that they can control Kylo Ren, who's already proven himself, even in JJ's version, Mm -hmm. to be an unstable character. Like, you don't know where he's going. He's so fucking unstable that his lightsaber, like, crackles. And and has side, um, like, jets, you know? Like, that's fucking...
0: Cool, cool, and it's also
1: <laughs> just such a great way to personify a character. Yeah, 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 And I mean, that that but was a JJ idea.
0: Snoke went out in the, like the coolest way possible. He got cut in half. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand like, what's not to like. <laughs>
1: and I mean, even the Praetorian guards in the chamber when they fight them, like, there's no lightsaber fight in Last Jedi, and people are like, oh my god, it's the only one without a lightsaber fight, but. I would take that fight scene in Last Jedi over, like, any of the lightsaber fights in Rise of Skywalker. Like, they have no weight to them. Yeah. They, they like, duke it out on the Star Destroyer for, like, a second. Yeah. And then they also duke it out on the Death Star. And it's, like, very, like, floaty. The yeah. stakes aren't that great. Like... Even, like, the characters that you want to care about, like Finn, are just so vastly removed from the fight that you're not even yeah. sure it affects them. Like, I don't know. I, it's weird because in The Force Awakens, J.J. has that fight scene and, like, Ray is not doing too hot. She gets knocked out, like, from the start. So you're like, okay, Finn's going to fight. This guy's a Jedi. And then he gets his ass kicked and he gets, like, his spine cut open. And you're like, oh, my God. Dude, is he dead? Like, there are stakes there. Yeah. And J.J. Abrams clearly has an understanding of stakes. But, like, all of them go out the window in this movie. Like, the only characters that die are ones that you don't care about or he lost his, like, interest in. Let's talk about General Hux for a second. Oh, my God. What the fuck is up with that character in this trilogy? Like, he starts off as, like, a Nazi in Mm. Force Awakens. His hate for Kylo Ren is brought to, like, the ultimate point in Last Jedi. Like, he has to work under that guy now. He has no more authority over him. And now, in this movie, what's the, what's the culmination of all that character building? Is just that, like, he lets them go in one scene says, I hate Kylo Ren, and then gets shot to death. For a new random British guy that we don't even know... Like, that's, that's another thing that pisses me off, is, like, not only is Palpatine just dredged up, but they're like, okay, it's time for new villains. Knights of Ren, boom, who don't do anything. General Pride, who is some guy you've never fucking heard about, who has apparently been in the old Empire, who's like, I'll do my bidding for you, master. I forgot about yeah. him. See? He's such
0: a pointless character yeah. that you would
1: you would not be faulted to forget about him if you haven't
0: seen the movie in a while. Yeah. Time. No, I... I General Hux is the character that between each three, all three movies, they you know they're obviously like, well, I gotta kind of rewrite some aspects of this character and this character is General Hux is the one character that they fucking flipped out on. I bet mm-hmm. because they're like, we have to change his motive three different times. It is completely different in every single movie, like the way he acts. Like in the first movie, he. Like I feel like he was more comic relief in Last Jedi than he even was yeah. in Force Awakens. Because in the Force
1: Awakens, he's like THE first order yeah. destroys planets, and then it's like pew, pew, pew. yeah. And then how does Last Jedi start? It's like it's like your your mother. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a your mom
0: joke. Like <laughs> and he's like <laughs> yeah. he definitely turns into a whiny character. In yeah, the movie. Like, I don't love it. You no. know, like Adam Hall Gleason deserves so much. Better. Yeah. The actor who uh, portrayed that. Yeah, uh, he got fucked over. Yeah. And speaking of people
1: who got fucked over... Rose. Uh, Rose <laughs> got fucked over. I would argue Poe.
0: Poe, like, didn't. I would argue Finn a, got fucked Finn, over, too. Finn definitely the most. Yeah.
1: You start from a guy who's like the central... One of the central characters. And it's so encouraging to see because a person of color has yeah. never really taken that role in Star Wars. And he gets demoted each yeah. movie until finally in... Rise of Skywalker, what's he doing? He's running around and just yelling, like, Whey!
0: Yeah, and he's like, "Uh, I'm Force-sensitive, by the way. Oh, He he didn't even say that,
1: though. He says, I have something to tell you later, and then he never tells her. Yeah. That's that's what's in the theatrical cut. Like, it's an abomination that you have to look up an interview with the director to see everything that's supposed to be in the movie. Or, like, the fact that the people on Exegol are, like, Sith ghosts. Like... You have to read, like, a Yahoo article about that from, like, a comment from Kathleen Kennedy being, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, they're ghosts, by the way.
0: What even... I can't. I just can't. Like, Star Wars it, lore infuriates me. It's because, it, because with each frame of, of even, like, The Mandalorian, hmm. you got a Reddit thread, an entire Reddit discussion post about each frame, about talking about why this is the way it is. It's like, if you're a Star Wars director or a writer, holy shit, you have a insurmountable, like, hill to climb, you know, to, to, to please everybody and to not, not undo something that's supposedly canon. You know what I'm saying? There's so much Star Wars lore. And it's clear that, you know, I mean, J.J. and Ryan, they obviously know their lore at least a little bit yeah um i mean but holy shit just just the 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 sheer amount of fuckery (laughs) within that universe that Mm -hmm. is it's just insane to me
1: like at the end of the day like don't get me wrong i don't think last jedi is like a masterpiece in fact i think it's a pretty flawed movie. Like, definitely. I would say, of its three storylines, one of them is very good, and the other two are, are like... One's
0: awful, and then yeah. the other one's okay, and then the one's good. That's I, how I think of it.
1: I will say that it's weird that people go to Finn and Rose's one to shit on, because I think Pose is pretty bad, too. Oh,
0: definitely. oh yeah, it's all Yeah,
1: like, I mean, none of them are, like, that great, and I, I think that's why... Like when people are shitting on Last Jedi, I I think it's so weird that they go for like the Luke angle or like you know Ray's parentage or like the fact that Snoke died. I mean, like sure, a lot of people fairly unfairly bully um, Kelly Marie Tran and say like, oh, Rose is the reason this movie's terrible. But like that's not the problem. It's like you have underdeveloped characters doing pointless storylines that ultimately, because of how the trilogy ends, don't have any meaning. Like Finn and Poe's arc are made worse by Rise of Skywalker because it's a movie that completely invalidates anything that happened in Last Jedi. And that's what's probably the most frustrating thing about the movie is that for as original as it wanted to be and as like bold as it was trying to go... Like, it failed in a lot of ways, and then a lot of its value rested on what came next. Like, it was all in that lightsaber pass-off, yeah. and the fact that it didn't go well invalidates that movie, it invalidates The Force Awakens, and it, and it makes the whole sequel trilogy weak in yeah. comparison to everything else. Like, Because, I mean, I don't think there was a ton of story mapping that took place in any point of Star Wars, no. but if you at least look at the original trilogy in the prequel trilogy like there does seem to be at least the same ideas behind each that hero's journey at least and this is what's so weird about the sequel trilogy is you start the hero's journey you stop the hero's journey just to start it back up again yeah. you know and it's like such a weird roller coaster and conceptually it sounds very interesting but in execution it's just like what was the point in the end like it, I honestly i hate to say it but it, it feels like to me with just rise of skywalker the whole existence of the sequels is invalidated like why yeah. do they exist
0: yeah and that's on god i'm just kidding that's,
1: that's cat <laughs> that's cat. Wait, that's
0: not no cat no, no cat. cat no yeah no you're right um I feel like I can't watch the sequel trilogy any, anymore. I mean, I'll still watch Force Awakens probably. But it's like I'll stop there. So I have this feeling with Star Wars the same way I think about the Fallout series, right? Yeah. I play Fallout 3 a little bit and I play New Vegas.
1: A lot of bit, A
0: lot of it. And then I just ignore everything that come after and I'm just stuck. I'm like, hmm. Like... Wonder what happens next in The Wasteland. It's the same thing with Star Wars. After the original trilogy is over, I'm like, hmm, hope they're all doing good. I wonder what's happening. Because I will not fucking acknowledge that that is, like, that is the answer we get, is that trilogy. You know, I don't... It's sad. It is sad. I don't. I don't like it. I remember being very upset coming out of Rise of Skywalker. Like, I enjoyed some things that, that, that it did, but there was more things to hate about it than now thinking... Oh, man. There's probably. You really, really pissed off the Star Wars boys in the living room. They're going c- to. They're really mad. No, now that I think, thinking back on it now, though, uh, Rise, there's nothing to like about Rise of Skywalker for me. Nothing at all. And, uh, Same here. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, that, I guess that one part with Han Solo is pretty nice for a second. But even that's got like yeah. fan service. Like, he's yeah. like, I know. Yeah. yeah. And that's just a dumb way to end it. Like, yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Um hey, we were gonna talk about Invincible, but there's <laughs> not really time this week. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's it's worth noting we're going on a hiatus this next week, probably. Yeah. Probably
0: maybe I might be uh we might be able to get it out we might. before next Tuesday. Haha. Ha. Casey was a dumbass and forgot to edit this episode before he went on vacation out of state for an entire week. You may shame him on social media if you would like.
1: And you know, maybe this this ends our our random bashing of Rise of Skywalker for a while. Yeah, right? I, I feel like we got a
0: lot out on it. We did. It's so f- it's so it's garbage. It's absolute horseshit. And uh, if you like Isaac said last week, if you haven't watched it, don't yeah. just don't. And that's uh, there we go. That's our hate. Um, wow.
1: Yeah, you yeah. Could, you could watch Return of the Jedi and pretend nothing happens from that point, or. You know, because it's a pretty great movie, and Last Jedi is pretty good too, you could watch the the first two in yeah. this new trilogy, and then, and then just, you just imagine, imagine an ending. Yeah. If you imagine an ending, it'll probably be better than the one you got. Exactly. And honestly, headcanon, man. That's, that's where it's at.
0: Exactly. Well, um, I think we have some really, really pissed off Star Wars fans behind this door, so I'm going to go ahead and open it. Oh, God. And, yeah, let's uh, do it. Let's do it. Lord of the Rings is better, come get me! Come get me, you son of a bitch!